glad we chose that song. Oh my gosh. Hello, guys. Uh, haven't talked to you since April 3rd. Welcome to Keep It Real with Anna and Avery. A month later, just popping back in to say hey. Just casually keeping it real with a live edition today, Avery. Great to be joined by you. Again, April 3rd was the last time we chatted, had Ellie French of KTV on the show. Got to talk a little bit about March Madness, but we've been out and about, Avery, doing many different things from NFL Draft, mentioned March Madness, and then we've done award shows. We've had baseball games in between. It's kind of the time of year where every single season, Husker, I didn't even think about that, the spring game. Oh my gosh, we've just been going on and on and on, but uh, I want to start with Husker coverage because yeah. Avery, you've gotten to really jump in on that. I know is a big passion of yours mm-hmm. being football. So I want to hear from you first, your first impression of going to those Husker press conferences, seeing the staff, seeing how they interact with the teammates, everything like that. My first impression was, I mean, you see all the things, hear all the things it's being talked about all the time. Coach rule, new coaches, the whole deal. But my first practice that I went to, mind you, their morning practices, indoor, outdoor, ad hocs. And it's like, it's a crazy beast, like being in the media side, because people have done this before. Like they have a lot of connections. There are certain areas you can go, some places you can't go on the field, how to get outside, when you're able to go there. There's just a lot of little things that like, if you haven't done it before, you just have to, you know, be aware. So I'm like trying to focus on that and like, what can we post? What can be shared? What's going on? Not even like, you know, focusing on what what's happening in warm-ups right now but Mike I said my first impression was trying to figure out what all the media was doing and then coach rule kind of stopped all of us and was like hey can I get a moment like with my team like I love you guys are all here but like can we put the cameras down yeah and this is my first time working Husker football in the college scene I'm like oh boy like what's this mean was it whatever but it was actually really cool because this you asked first impression here it is there was a moment where them and the coaches had a miscommunication players were in different spots kind of thing. And he kind of got on on every, on everyone. And so the tone of practice kind of changed pretty quickly and he realized there had been a miscommunication. And so he pulled his team in and obviously we could hear him. And that's kind of why he wanted cameras sound. Like this is the end of the day. I love that you guys cover this, but like, this is my team. And like, yeah. when I mean business, I mean business. And when I'm going to talk to them and like, this is going to be our interaction. Like I need it to be right here. And he basically kind of was like, hey, like the reason why I love this team is because when I ask you guys stuff and I challenge you, you guys respond. And I'm challenging the staff today because we messed up. But it's time for us to respond. And he was like, I ask accountability and responsibility from you guys. And like it has to come from me first. Mm-hmm. Like I won't mess up again. Like I'm sorry I got on you guys, whatever. And for some reason that really struck me immediately because I was like having a head coach that takes accountability and responsibility instead of just kind of like brushing it off to be like, Absolutely. I messed up. But you know what? We should have all been whatever, like this was on you guys. He immediately turned it back on himself and was like, we're washing it. Like from here on out, like this is what we do. Like, let's have a great day. And like I said, that was my first practice. And I was like, okay, let's go. Right. Yeah. Like, so um, that was really cool to hear from the head coach. Cause you hear all the stuff, but then like watching it firsthand, like yep. a true leader. And it's just bled into, I think everything that we're hearing and just the press conferences. Like I have 400, thousand videos on my phone from press conferences and I can count more than probably 10 of how many players say we love our coaches like Mm -hmm. we love this coaching staff so first impression just seeing a head coach as a leader was like literally day one 20 minutes in and then everything that's followed like I think the players that are here and invested like they love what's happening Mm -hmm. and I think we all know it's going to take some time but I think like do I think we can we go backwards I really don't think so 
And I think when you have a person that has accountability, responsibility, and like they love one another, like I just I don't see how we don't grow. And mm-hmm. so that was my favorite piece was just watching the connection. I, I as a sports person, like I love the relationships. Yep. Like I love that as a, also a former athlete. Like I know how much athletes thrive when they have a coach that believes in them. There's a connection. There's a personal relationship. So right off the bat, I mean, we can dig into that, but like, that's what stood out first day, first minute. The number one thing I see from Matt Rule is that he cares. Like it's not a show. He honestly cares. And when I was at the press conference, he was talking about, it's a caring, not coddling environment Mm -hmm. and not babying these guys and saying, Oh, new staff. It's okay to mess up. No, it's not okay to mess up. Like again, addressing the issues, Mm -hmm. taking accountability for what you're doing and how you're doing it. Because this time really matters. I know they're just wrapping up spring practices, so that's yeah. all done. They have kind of this break in between mm-hmm. fall camp, but everything matters of yeah. just getting down the fundamentals and understanding, okay, who's who? How am I going to be a leader? And how am I going to fit within this coaching staff? But to your point, Avery, every guy that I've heard speak has something good to say about yeah. the coaching staff, which says a lot in a year that probably would take some buy-in from a lot of guys. But I don't think people are having issues buying into Matt Rule because Mm -hmm. again they see that he cares yeah and I think there's something you interesting like yes the messing up portion like this is the time to fix it and if you were at these practices it was like coaching 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 did it again okay let's tweak this this time let's fix this this time and then it was encouraging positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. and so like there's just like this yes we don't we're not going to say like oh it's okay like next like we're going to fix it but the same thing that I really actually liked was that I wish I would could tell you who, which coach said it. And it was either, I don't want to mess up, but either way, I I have it in my notes, is Mm -hmm. that they said, we want to form these relationships and make sure that our room specifically, like, have connections with us outside of just obviously with coach. Because when we coach them, I want them to know it's about, like, getting better. It's not personal. So when you make a connection and you get to know who you're coaching, like, when I give you a point, that's not me coming at you personally. And that's not going to affect our relationship. Yep. Like that's the foundation that they've created. And they do so many things outside of football, like whether it was the Olympic stuff they had yep. or Home like, run derby. yes, once a week they have a family night. So like mm-hmm. girlfriends or families, like some of them are married, like they've got all extra years and all that stuff. Yeah. Like some of them have little kiddos or just their families also live in Lincoln. Everyone's able to come. And I think that's important because once again, you know more than about that, like about that player. Yeah. You're able to value them more also and just get to know them. Like it's easy to be pretty harsh and critical with someone you right. don't know at all. And then, and that, of course that's coaching. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying for those players to know that they know a lot about me, they respect me. Like they know where I come from. Like they know how to coach me differently. Mm-hmm. And also on the flip side, maybe this is like the girl perspective here, but I know a lot of times like having other people around or like being in the same town as your family when you play a sport, even having a girlfriend as you play sports, like it's mm-hmm. always this distracting thing. Distraction, distractions. Yeah. It sounds like a distraction to yes, other people. Right. Yeah. And so I think for a rule to kind of like foster or at least show some love to those yeah. people that support them, like kind of says like And their mothers too. That's what I'm saying. So it's like events. having family members and stuff like yeah. I think it's cool that he invests in the family and being like, hey, you're all a part of this. Like you guys all have to experience this experience too. You might not be in Hawks every morning, but like you're with this player that's grinding right. and getting through like they this can tough time. get to see, okay, this is how much my boyfriend does or this is how much my husband does mm-hmm. or even for the coaching staff yeah. too and just getting to foster that environment too. Right. And Avery you brought up a really good point about coaching and being hard on people. You can kind of separate, this is an analogy, but 
the art from the artist, right? Mm -hmm. You can separate the coaching you take in practice versus how you have that relationship off the field. And players, I think, understand that pretty well. But you talk about coachable guys and the most coachable players are the ones that separate the coach from the coaching. Right. You understand I'm going to get on you. Mm -hmm. These coaches are going to get on me. Matt Rule is going to get on me. But at the end of the day, you still love him. Mm -hmm. You still support him. No matter what, it's going to be okay. And you're you're in it to win it at the end of the day. Like you're in it together. Whatever happens, it's always going to be the coach and the quarterback. Of Mm -hmm. course, the coordinator is getting all the backlash or the praise or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you're all in it together. That Mm -hmm. record goes to everybody. It's not about those individual stats. Mm -hmm. So it's separating both of those things I think will be important. And the coach is not feeling, again, it's a caring, not coddling environment. I Mm -hmm. think that's definitely been huge. But I want to bring up uh, an interaction I had with Matt Rule. So I got to do an awesome one-on-one interview with him for a few minutes after the Jet Award. And honestly, just seeing him there was super cool because – he didn't have to go to the, that event. Right. He got called up by Johnny Rogers and he said in the interviews, like when Johnny Rogers calls you, you pick up the phone. You answer. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would too. I mean, the guy's a legend, but mm-hmm. just him being there and interacting with people really made me like the guy even more mm-hmm. and seeing how he interacts. And yes, you hear the press conferences. His dad was a preacher. Mm-hmm. He has, he can speak yeah. greatly, right? Yeah. He can speak so well. He gets your attention. Yeah. It gets your attention. Yeah. He knows what to say and how to portray it. Yeah. But he's an even better person. And I found that out in meeting him one time mm-hmm. and just seeing him shake everybody's hand and the people around him when he was like leaving the venue, mm-hmm. they were just fans. You know, they weren't people within the event. They were just fans that bought a ticket and wanted to go see the show. Mm-hmm. And he shook everyone's hand, asked their name, talked about their connection to Nebraska, whether it be big or small, but how cool is it to have a coach that can just go out in the community and just be okay with yeah. having fans come up to him and be like, oh, can I take a picture with you? Mm-hmm. Can I shake your hand? Yeah. And have him receive it so well. I think that just says a ton about Matt Rule and his family. And the biggest thing that stood out to me in that interview was just how we spoke about, we're going to try our best. You know, no matter what, at the end of the day, Julie and I, his wife, we're going to try our best. Mm-hmm. We're, we want everything to work out mm-hmm. here in Nebraska. Yeah, it's going to take time. But the number one thing for me is that Nebraska welcomes my family yeah and that my kids can grow up here Mm -hmm. and I love that and Mm -hmm. he said before in the event I want this introductory press conference that he just had in Nebraska to be my last yeah and that says a lot this is not a pit stop for Matt Rule like he wants to be here be in the community and he's shown that yeah and I think like there's things there's so many questions that I have that I wish I could just sit down and ask him about like coming into a Nebraska football culture that like I can't ask it's so at a overwhelming press yeah. it is because you are the professional sport here and he just came from a professional sport place where he was like when they rolled out the red carpet for us like when I came to Lincoln like you don't get that when you're at Carolina or an NFL program like it, it they don't embrace you quite like that yes they're excited because you gotta you. prove yourself yeah but like and it's just college atmosphere is just so much different mm-hmm. and I think there's just things that like how do you capture the attention of your team and like do everything? Like, I think I have so many thoughts. If you, I think if you do things correctly and you do it the right way over time, you'll be rewarded. And so my gut is telling me that like, you know, if we be patient and I know everyone's like, we're not being patient, but it's just like, if we be patient and know that things are being done in the right way yes. with good faith and like good intentions with a good culture, like at some point we will start to reap those benefits. And it's hard because there's just been so much turnover, like from the staff to just players, leadership to yeah. players. But on top of that, there's so much expectation. And so like 
my, my thing is maybe he doesn't think about it too much. I'm actually, I know he does because he talked to you about it. And he's like, you know, like I, it makes me scared a little bit, like how much people like, but it's like our motivating factor. Yeah. But how do you embrace like the culture of Nebraska football when you just get here? Like you are overwhelmed by like how much it is. I can mm-hmm. only imagine, but like, how do you sit in it, understand it, try to yeah. like, just understand everything. And like, he knows, he know. I mean, I know he grew, grew up like in our heyday and like went to Penn state and stuff. So he's knows the rivalry or just knows where we used to be. But like, how do you, I guess he's already done it, but like, he knows the connections. Talk to T.O. Talk to Johnny Rogers. Like mm-hmm. he talked to Frank Solich. Like too. he has connections with people like that were who we care about as fans and like who our parents care about as fans. Like he understands where to build the connections. Yeah to help us grow like there's no point in isolating and cutting off like this is a new era of football sure it is but like where did we come from and like i feel like he's able to grasp that and also like it's not just in lincoln it's here in omaha it's Mm -hmm. in west nebraska like everywhere they go like he's a celebrity from the minute you walk in so how do you embrace all that and also try to be like at the end of the day i'm a football coach that has to do so much work and so much stuff i can just only imagine what that position is like and i know you sign up for it because that's what you do when you become a head coach of any place. But like at Nebraska, like I just, I think he's done it. My point to all of this word vomit basically is I think he's done a good job of embracing a team culture mm-hmm. and like understanding what needs to be done here, but like also how to kind of turn like another cheek and be like, okay, this is who I am yeah. at other places. Cause this is how important it is to the fans and alumni and supporters and donors yeah. and former players and-, and you see what the former players i talked to eric crouch and johnny rogers both at the jet awards as yeah. well and crouch told me it's a necessity to bring back these former players yeah. and they weren't invited very much with the last staff and that is a very interesting point to me i know johnny rogers said that as well like they weren't as welcomed mm-hmm. in with the previous coaching staff but with rule it's been okay day one what practice do you want to go to how do you want to do you want to come speak like crouch had a whole speech for the team and talking about yeah and talking (laughs) about how his heisman wasn't just him obviously and what it takes to be at that level i mean if you're not pulling from the minds of these greats at nebraska it's that's the thing it's like we have some of the best of the best at like when you look back at nebraska's peak like how many players are still around that like, I mean, made Sue this was place. just in the building like right. yesterday. Like, I don't understand why you want to have as much access and like just just that knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, you just yes. want the knowledge because he, I was listening to a different podcast with Matt Rule on it. Um, and he was talking about, okay, it's different to win in Nebraska. You, you have to deal with the wind. You have to deal with the conditions. You have to deal with so many other factors and yeah. how the Big Ten plays. He's like, if I can pull anything from how these other great teams won in the state of Nebraska – then I'm better off. Why wouldn't I? And Mm -hmm. Matt Rule's also a football nut. I mean, he (laughs) stays up till 2 a.m. in the morning just watching film from the 1980s. Yeah. And, I mean, I know he's texted Damon Benning about, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm watching this highlight from this game. Like, how cool is it to have a coach that just loves football that much and wants to know and invest in Nebraska? Mm -hmm. I I think it's super rare, and it's really cool. I know. Damon actually said it perfectly, and I'm probably going to botch it because, like, the way he said it was, like, so good. But on the broadcast for the red-white game, he said, we have to understand that we are Nebraska football while also getting over that we like <laughs> are Nebraska football yeah. because we aren't and it wasn't in those terms basically it was like we all think we have this great success because we're Nebraska football but like that's the platform but like we can't just think that we're going to be Nebraska football yeah, the name doesn't of, win championships right and we have everything there but it's almost like 
and even I think that goes to fans even like, yes, I know we want this great success, but like just because we're in Nebraska ball does not make us. And, and, and I know rule knows that like he literally has said, like technically we are still a four win Nebraska ball team. Like right. there's different players on here, but that's what our record last yeah. said. Like we have to prove that we are a good team. And I, and I need like Damon to write it out. How, what, like exactly how he said <laughs> it. Cause like, that's how I feel like I've been trying to process it in my head. And I remember when he said it, me and Sasha like made eye contact and we were like, Yes, like that, that's that was it. Like that yeah. he verbalized it like perfectly. But it basically just being like, we are Husker football, but like we are not what Nebraska football once was, and we Correct. have to like not be that Nebraska football. Like we can be that yep. because we have the resources and we have everything at our fingertips, but like we're not that yet. Like yeah. it takes time. Yeah, it, it definitely does take time. And mm-hmm. speaking of time, we took some time off, like we mentioned earlier, yeah. and reasons why we weren't together. NFL draft. So I, I want to touch on that and. It was actually funny. So I wasn't initially supposed to go, but I was sitting in my room. Uh, I believe it was Thursday and yeah. I was just, you know, scrolling on my phone and I'm like, why am I in Omaha right now? Mm-hmm. The, the NFL draft is in Kansas City. And I, I called away. Sasha, our producer. I'm like, hey, like, what would you say if I, you know, just drove my car down to Kansas City and just showed up at the draft? She's like, go for it. Go. No hesitation. And I was like, all right, goodbye. See and you. I pulled my suitcase out of my uh, closet kind of dramatic that I needed a suitcase for yeah. like a three-day trip but I did I wish you would like set your I phone I know what I was gonna I wish wear. you would like set your phone up here like no that was me like it was fast motion just grabbing things I threw everything in a suitcase I called my friend Sydney who lives down uh, downtown yeah. Casey and I'm like hey you know can I stay at your place for a few days she's like oh yeah for sure like I was wondering if you were gonna come or not I'm like you know actually I am I so am. I don't think anyone is surprised that I ended up going down to the yeah. draft but Avery, you were in uh, credentialed media mm-hmm. areas. You're getting to hear from the players and the press conferences. Of course, Bryce Young goes number one. Yeah. Kind of won the hearts of everybody, I feel so like. So did. Um, tell me about that experience and just hearing from the players after they were drafted. Yeah, that was kind of crazy because I remember personally, like you're sitting in the Weston Hotel, this huge media workplace, and they did such a great job like setting all of it up and everything was very intentional. That was like, if I could put one word on the NFL draft in Kansas City, it was like intentional. Mm-hmm, it was sure. so well done. Um, and I know there's been some like critiques here and there, but in terms of being a media personnel, I felt like everything, and also being from Kansas City, like looking at all the details, just the system in which everything was, like the food they served us, like having snacks later that were like fresh and like just starbucks coffee versus just like a pepsi just like little things but it's starbucks coffee in the media area yeah wow but like the broods you know yeah Whoa. yeah just like very th- thoughtful thoughts but like anyway i digress so i'm sitting in the media room and like you're watching on tv knowing it's literally like happening 100 yards away from you and i'm kind of like man like i kind of wish i was in the atmosphere right now because i like i literally am like emotional watching the tv like and then obviously like the bryce young to cj strat emotion i was like like what the heck so I was like wishing I could like experience it firsthand but then everyone's like rushing to the press conference room and then you're like sitting there and you're kind of like wait they're like about to walk in here like right now like it's raw emotion it is it's like totally like I was sitting there getting my stuff ready kind of thinking like of everything literally leaving the media room to like trying to collect myself literally like watching these kids walk out there and the way that Kansas City did it where you leave the green room in Union Station which in the past it's literally been like a tent or like other hotels basically union station is beautiful and then you go up and you see the whole crowd and like they're opening the doors for you and it's just like the whole thing in itself it's like literally metaphorically physically like realizing your dream like literally like walking into it and so i just was like what the heck watching it on tv and then you go to sit there and you're like out of all the people that are here like i am one of the people that are going to get to hear him speak and Mm -hmm. i'm like 10 feet away from him and it's just like i've watched this kid on tv 
and like admired his game but like I'm not a diehard Alabama fan like I'm gonna watch him they're always on but now he's in here and like you hear him speak and I'm like oh like I love him literally I was like you're so Mm soft-spoken but humble like before he even sat down he said thank you probably 10 times and then sat down random media members like what do they owe him yes and then they (laughs) sat down and he was like thank you uh thank you like he looked around and was like whoa and like I'm sure he's had many more cameras on him before like after a national championship like following him and his coach on the field like there was a good amount of people in there but like he just looked around and I think it was one of those moments for him too like like whoa whoa yeah and you're listening to him talk and like I said he's just so soft-spoken and people are obviously asking about his size and he's like I mean people ask him about that yeah they're like you were doubted because of your size and like you know number one you seem like the shoe in but like some people were saying maybe not because he was like you know I've had that like all the time though you know so like what can I control and like just his advice and it just made sense like just not even as a player like as a person I can imagine why everyone at Alabama loves him yes can understand why he's a great linger you only get so much of that watching as a just college ball fan to then just hear it like you you yes you can watch other interviews and press conferences but mm-hmm. then to watch it like live and just how he interacts or like when someone asks a question he'd be smiling or like something that like caught his attention he'd like soft smile or like laugh about it smiling because he's a millionaire yeah, no, just but just like <laughs> he could have very well I didn't know it's NFL draft you're probably the happiest person at that moment but like there's so many people screaming questions at you like screaming yeah, questions you, you could have been like uh I don't you know, and he was like laughing or smiling and, but just the advice he gave to the next generation of quarterbacks about like how to, he literally said like, I, I've had to learn like how to be where my feet are. And like yeah. Andrew asked a question about, you know, what would the 10 year old self feel about this moment? And he was like, honestly, it, it was a dream in the back of my head, but like, I don't think even the 10 year old version was thinking that far ahead. And I think he'd be really excited. It's pretty and, wild. Right. And he's like, I think he'd be really excited and happy, but like still in the moment that I am right now, I'm excited and happy, but like, I can't look forward to the next season already. Cause mm-hmm. I need to enjoy this moment and like work for those things. He's like, this is truly not an ending point. This is kind of the beginning. And I was like, immediate Bryce Young fan. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> go now Panthers, go I Panthers. Guess. Yeah, just be yes. a Panthers fan. I think when like good, good human, good person yeah. meets great football player or like great anything, like you're immediately a fan, for just sure. the way he even interacted and like took his time off the stage all those things I think mean so much. And that's something that's evaluated when they go into these interviews and stuff. Yep. Like what did the personality test kind of say? And it's like, okay, dead giveaway. The S2 test. What do they say? Yeah. Poor CJ Stroud. Wasn't that him that had the little debacle with that? But I yeah. mean, those tests can only tell you so right. much about a player. And yeah. again, I think it's the personalities that just pave the way for how they're going to be in the mm-hmm. NFL because that doesn't change necessarily. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can get all the money and get everything like that, but I think just being that person yeah. is definitely the thing that will set you apart in mm-hmm. the NFL. Who cares about height too for Bryce Young? Kyler Murray. You think about a guy like that who's literally been MVP talks mm-hmm. multiple years yeah. and then Drew Brees. Yeah. I mean, one of oh. the greatest ever do it. In our next segment, we can bring that up real quick. Drew Brees? Someone, yeah. Drew Brees, Tyreek Hill. We'll get okay. Him. Yeah. Okay, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Avery, also when we come back, uh, I definitely want to bring up March Madness, talk about that experience because we got to touch on it just a little bit with Ellie French, but I feel like we got to go a little bit deeper in those and we got to see the full run. San Diego State going to the championship, obviously UConn winning it, but you'll hear more coming up next on Keep It Real with Anna and Avery.
Welcome back to Keep It Real with Anna and Avery. We had one more thought to finish up with the NFL draft topic. Yeah. Talked about Drew Brees being undersized. Avery, what did that make you think of? Yeah, so it was actually you hit like on the head because Zay Flowers came in later and he's going to Baltimore. And um, he took the approach to the size question a little bit different than Bryce. Bryce was very cordial and was yeah. like, you know, I just stay with my feet are. I just work on what I can control. It's not something that I can. So I just got to be consistent and blah, blah, blah. And Zay Flyer said, uh, check my film. <laughs> I love that. I, and it got kind of quiet. And then everyone kind of laughed. And he was like, I mean, look at Tyree Kill. Look at Drew Brees. I mean, do I mean I do I need to name more? I'll, I mean I can keep going, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like he was actually like shooting a shot at anyone. He just was kind of like la- like cutting, like laughing it off because everyone yeah. in the room was kind of laughing, and he was like, you know, I think I've proved myself enough to get myself here. And he's like, I know I've got work to do, but like size doesn't really define me if I'm able to like right. you know chase my dreams and my goals and like see other people in the yeah. league doing just fine. And I was like, yeah, I mean, good for him. Oh yeah, given that straight up answer, I, it doesn't gonna, really matter yeah. when you go through that i mean you think of tyler lockett again we yeah. mentioned drew Brees. like mm-hmm. you can be great yeah. in the nfl despite the size and despite yeah. what people say i mean adam thielen a guy mm-hmm. that didn't even get drafted i'm yeah. pretty sure i mean we could i mean there's a, there's list. a whole there's a yeah. whole list which uh, yeah and I, I i mean literally like social media dream coming to baltimore like, yeah personality like be off the charts like the, i could the TikTok sat- account will love him hundred percent. Like yep. I was sitting there and I was like, people, please keep asking questions. Please, please, please. Like it was so entertaining. He was so great. Like, yeah. Anyway, but that I was, that was like one of the best answers. And you said Drew Brees. And I'm like, Oh my God, do I have a story about his response? But yeah, that was the coolest thing. I would say like hearing these people talk, like there was such so many stories that they mm-hmm. were willing to like share with the press. And it was like, all of them were so beyond football. All of them oh, were yeah. so beyond football. I mean, the stories that they show on ESPN and ABC are like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to this kid? Yeah. And it's like a very vulnerable time for them because yeah. you're sharing these stories and they're everywhere. And yeah. there's millions of people watching. And then obviously yeah. it's a great moment for you and your family. Yeah. But I think it's a good time for them to reflect back on everything and realize, yeah. okay, how did I get here? Whoa. Yeah. I'm like, again, being where your feet are and realizing, mm-hmm. okay, I'm about to get drafted, change my life forever. Yeah. Millions of dollars. It's crazy. But yeah. I want to keep talking about those underdog stories yes. and some of the, my favorite ones in March Madness. There was a ton. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that I got to be closest with, obviously, were was Creighton's run to the Elite Eight mm-hmm. and then also San Diego State, who beat Creighton, obviously, uh, in that Elite Eight game and then went on to eventually fall in the national championship to UConn. But But. (laughs) I wanted to talk about just that experience and how much growth can come out of failure, because I think pretty much any coach or athlete would agree that you grow the most and you learn the most out of failure rather than success, because that failure points out, okay, what did I do wrong? What went went wrong? What did I I not know that? Yeah. What did I not know before that I can teach myself as as we keep going? But (laughs) Creighton was a good example of that. Yeah. And after the San Diego State game, I mean, I'm there as a reporter, so I still am doing my job post game and mm-hmm. going to the locker rooms and stuff. And seeing those guys walk out of the locker rooms with their heads down and tears in their eyes oh, and like towels over their head, like I will never get that image out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure those guys will never ever forget, forget the, the feeling. feeling. Yeah. Ever forget the feeling. So guys like Ryan Kalkbrenner mm-hmm. and Baylor Shireman and Trey Alexander, Ryan Nemhard, mm-hmm. they will never forget that feeling. Yeah. But I think that will serve them the most as they go on. And 
I mean, talking to those guys afterwards, the first person I spoke with after the game was Greg McDermott. And I was just like, hey, coach, like, I'm really sorry. Like, this had to end this way. And uh, he was so graceful about mm-hmm. it. He was just like, you know, this is obviously not the way we wanted to end the season, but I'm so proud of these guys. And I don't want yeah. this to take away from how good of a season this has been for my yeah. team and how good of a year we've had and how much we, we've we come together. Because they had a six-game losing streak throughout the season. Mm-hmm. This team was being talked about at not even making the NCAA tournament points because they started as a top 10 team for the first time, I think in program history ever preseason top 10. And then they drop out of the AP polls, mm-hmm. six game losing streak. They lose it in Nebraska at home. So embarrassing. Hey, the, no. the lowest of lows. If yeah. I like for crazy. That was fans, early like, though. Lowest of lows. Yeah. They like call runner also wasn't healthy. There's a bunch of factors, but I mean, Nebraska beat them fair and square. Like mm-hmm. Derek Walker went off that game. Yeah. And they just went through a lot of adversity and and last year they did too with all the injuries they mm-hmm. had but i mean man they really came together throughout march madness and i still had a lot of belief in that team that they can make a run because i felt like they were undervalued mm-hmm. throughout like as the season progressed i think because the big east i mean i will say this fullheartedly is the toughest conference in college basketball yes big 12 hold your horses i think the big east tops it why uh, I mean, UConn national champion, but I get it. Kansas, whatever. You got the Baylors, you got Kansas State, everything like that. But still, I think the Big East, it's close. It's neck and neck, but I, I do personally think the Big East is the toughest. I mean, if you look at, I think they had four teams in the Sweet 16 or something Left, like that. Yeah. Something crazy like mm-hmm. that. But it was just really impressive to see how the Big East has grown. And then obviously getting that national championship was huge for the conference. Yeah. No disrespect to the Big 12, but. No, yeah, understood. Those two, those two are either tied or I think maybe just this season the Big East could mm-hmm. be above that. But aside from that, San Diego State, a five seed going to the national championship, not the best game for the national championship, which kind of stunk because mm-hmm. you always want to see a highly competitive game. But yeah. um, the story of San Diego State was really cool. Uh, so they, in 2020, had this – team that was posed to win the national championship obviously COVID happened and never got to happen but some of those guys that were on that 2020 team were still playing like a gucka rope who is from omaha originally from south sudan and then came over here to omaha south and played was a great high school basketball player ended up going or yeah ended up going to san diego state and their team was just a lot older and they had a lot of guys that um could play multiple minutes and they had so much of a team balance which was really cool to see a game get played differently because they didn't just have like five starters that played the entire game like Creighton does. They had mm-hmm. a lot of depth. Like yeah. guys are like 10, 15 minutes here and there. Like yeah. not many guys in the 20 minute range consistent consistently. And for them to beat Alabama, I thought was really cool. Right. Then obviously to face Creighton and then the controversy with the buzzer beater and all the all the stuff like that with the foul at the end two free throws. Obviously one goes in and then rest is history from there. Heartbreaking moment for Creighton. Yeah. Um, but circling back to that game and how coach Mack handled his post game locker room speech, I think says a lot about that Creighton culture and programming that video went viral with millions of views and him just talking to his team afterwards. And I think coach Mack said this to Sauter, Mike Sauter, that it was the second hardest speech he's ever had to give the first being the speech after losing to Baylor in the sweet 16, I believe when he had to end his son's career, Doug McDermott Mm -hmm. and that that uh that whole amazing squad so he had to give the locker room speech immediately after the game 
mm-hmm. because you get about five minute cooling down period and then the media can go into the locker room. Yeah. And you don't want to show the emotion. You don't. I mean, you do, but you don't. Yeah, but uh, that's their time. You know, like you'll still if after a game like that, there will still be emotion. You know, oh, yeah. like that's their time. You look around the locker room and you see the people you just played with for how many years or like right. the last time or what that meant. You look at your head coaches like that's which is more than understandable why yeah. like it should be it you know for sure and I think everyone that went in there was really respectful like I didn't physically go into the locker room mm-hmm. because I knew how tough it was I was just talking to the guys on the outside yeah. and the fact that Baylor Shireman even took time to talk to me and mm-hmm. was willing to after like doing an interview with KTV he was mm-hmm. like totally fine with talking to me afterwards and one of the questions I asked him was hey you know what will you remember most about your time here at Creighton with this team because it was assumed that he was probably gonna go yeah. to the NBA draft or mm-hmm. whatever Another, yeah because he uh, was celebrated on senior night and he was like, he kind of was like taken back. He's like, Oh, I haven't made a decision yet. And I was like, Oh, Baylor, you're coming back. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I tweeted that out right after the game. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I hope this gives Crane fans a little bit Some of hope. hope. Yeah. But yeah, who knows what the exact roster will look like for Crane. But I think it, those moments say more about the team than the play on the actual yeah. court. Just yeah. be, how you carry yourself after a loss, losing with, with respect, I mm-hmm. think is the biggest thing. Yes. Of course you want to win and, you know, shout and scream in the locker room. But I think how you hold yourself during those losses and during those tough times says a lot more. Mm-hmm. I also want to touch on your experience specifically. Yeah. Like you got to go out to Denver and then you got to go to Louisville. 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 Yep. Same right. Um, I don't know. I've thought right when that was the location, people were like, for everyone coming, it's Louisville. Uh-huh. People are, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's definitely not Louisville, Nebraska. I will say that. That is a place and that is how you pronounce Louisville, Nebraska. It ain't, it ain't that. Um, so I guess for people unaware, like you've covered Creighton a lot, obviously. So that's kind of yep. why you were there. But you got to cover a lot more than just Creighton because the mm-hmm. location has obviously so many teams each place. Yeah, super cool. You had to talk to Drew Timmy. You yeah. had Baylor. Julian like, Strother. You yeah. had a lot of people. So what was that experience like going in, knowing you're covering Creighton, but yeah. like you got to create so much fun content? It was it was a blast because I was literally walking into locker rooms not knowing and not having those connections. Like I, yeah. I didn't hit up Drew Timmy before. I was like, hey, right. can I do an interview with you? No, it was just me walking up to yeah. him being like, hey, Drew, like, hey, Drew. show me your screensaver right now. And he was like all for it. Funny guy. I love Drew Timmy. I'm forever a fan of that guy. Yeah. Stop talking about his age. He can be as old as he wants to play college basketball. He's still balling. Don't yeah. be hating on Drew Timmy. Uh, Julian Strother, those guys. Hunter Salas was super cool to talk to. He's another Omaha product. He was awesome. But yeah, Avery, it was really cool yeah. getting that just getting the chance to be on the level playing field with everybody else. You know, Bleacher Report was there. ESPN was right, there. I was, was going in with Andy Katz. Like, yeah. It didn't matter. You know, we're all on the same field now. Yeah. And it's awesome. I'm not a student anymore. I'm a full-time employee. So, you know, you know, it's it's yeah. different now. It's we'll get cool. into it. We'll, we'll definitely get into it. We yeah. still have a little bit more of this show left. Avery, we'll take a quick break. And we'll be back with more. Welcome back to Keep It Real with Anna and Avery. Avery, let's touch back on yeah. the March Madness topic chat about just, a, that. just a little bit and just that experience. Uh, I was sent out there by Heard at Sports, had some awesome sponsors help us out too. And just getting all that experience was amazing. And Avery, we were talking during the break just about going in those locker rooms because yeah. it's a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Break. I, that's kind of what I want to touch on real fast. Um, and then we have some things we want to preview, but to backtrack a little bit, like, it was such kind of a last minute thing that you were there. So like, cause we didn't know where Creighton was going to fall and you took it on like all on your own. And we were pumping out so much content that weekend. Yeah. And 
you know, you just absolutely made the most of that opportunity. And I just wanted to kind of touch on like, we kind of had a glimpse of it with NFL draft. Like you go into these things and you're like, I know there's going to be like opportunities for us. I just don't really know like what it is, what it is. Like we have access to stuff, but there's obviously, we didn't have direct access to athletes. You did in this case. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, we had a lot of fun stuff. We didn't have a lot of serious interviews. How did you just go into that and then kind of put a plan together? How did you just tackle being there on your own? Because sometimes that can be hard. Like people are there with their camera crew or their social person and all these things. And you were just kind of a one man show walking into locker rooms. Like what did that look like for you? The plan was no plan. Yeah. Uh, I Sounds will say, right, right? Uh, no, but again, shout out to everyone getting this trip figured out quickly because you don't find out till select selection Sunday, and yeah. then you literally have to leave that Tuesday or Wednesday to get the practices in, right. do all of that, and then the media day and stuff, so you can have time to go into the open locker rooms mm-hmm. and actually get those stories and stuff and talk to people. Um, geez, so I started in Denver, which was nice because that flight's super short, direct flight, so quick, <clears throat> and it, that's great. Uh, but again, the plan was just, okay, how can I take advantage of not only Creighton being here, but also all the other teams, because they're just as important in telling their stories as the Creighton athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because the access was phenomenal and the setup yeah, in was Denver so nice. was perfect. Yeah. So they always opened the locker rooms, but they had it in the past years, still lingering COVID issues. And like, obviously 2020 didn't have it. 2021, there was no locker room access. 22, eh, depended, but, um, you could only what I went last year, you could only have that access if you're with the team credential. Right. And I did because I was working with Creighton. So mm-hmm. I got good access, but everyone else could only really go in the press conferences or if you happen to catch them walking down a hallway. So you're, you're walking by. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, guys, I, I, I got to go into the uh, closed practices, too, yeah. which is cool. I didn't get to do that this year, but that's OK. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to scout anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, the the locker room access was amazing. Great setup. But you literally just walk in and mind you, like. I haven't been following GCU's basketball team yeah. the whole year. So I'm like Googling yeah, stuff as you're walking in before I'm listening to when people are walking by, I'm mm-hmm. like eavesdropping on conversations. I'm listening to what other reporters are asking yes. other players because I'm learning this on the fly of totally. like these teams. Like, yes, I had an idea of who was going to be there, of course, because I, you know, you get the schedule and stuff, yeah. but I'm mo- mostly focused on Creighton. It wasn't necessarily my plan to like heavily cover the other teams, but mm-hmm. like I just physically couldn't, like not go in there right as a reporter and just having that just driving that hunger to get those stories like I was sitting there and I was like oh maybe I won't go in the GCU locker room because you know it's really late I have to edit these I'm like "Uh, I'm going I'm going so I'm running down there and talking to guys and got some amazing stories met some really cool people yeah and they're didn't they have their uniform situation yeah their their uniforms didn't show up for practice and so they had to use um I forget what team it was it was a team they were playing Baylor Baylor. yeah playing Baylor so they used Baylor's uniforms for practice yes. and they had to go to Foot Locker and buy all new shoes too that same day. It was kind of a mess, but luckily their equipment staff got it all figured out. So shout out to them. But the guys were so cool and just happy to be there because that's usually the vibe with a lot of the teams that aren't typically in March Madness mm-hmm. or those really low seeds like the 16. They're actually playing Gonzaga that first game and act, uh, they actually got beat. Unfortunately, because I yeah, wanted to right. see GCU move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Baylor, uh, again, that was another fun team to talk to. They were pretty cool. Big 12, shout out. They did. They're really high on their Big 12 schedule, which I said, which I will say is very tough. Uh, Creighton was awesome to talk to. And then just getting to go in the locker room because it reminded me of my first time ever covering a College World Series in 2019. <laughs> so I was gonna when I was you. just like, busting through the doors in there I had no idea what I was doing 
just everyone's probably looking at me like who is this lady like asking all these random runs of questions like yeah i'm like 18 years old in my little outfit like oh i'm a reporter now because i have a microphone yeah. and these other college guys are just like following me around yeah. i'm forcing everybody to do all these things and no we need to go here we need to go here but i think the biggest part for me was having that confidence and just like not caring not caring yeah. people think like what are these guys going to say to me? Well, like, if you own it and you act like you've it done sure. it before, like how are they ever going to know? Exactly. You had, you had yep. done that, you know? And I guess that was kind of my question too, is just like, sometimes you just have to embrace that you're there for a reason. Like I was credentialed. I have every, you said it the best way when I asked you about it afterwards, you're like, I have the same exact credential that people that work at bigger corporations do. Yeah. Like the so same what credentials makes of Fox, it a difference? sports, ESPN, right? it doesn't matter. Right. And I think that's the, like a really great mindset. It's like, yeah, maybe I don't have the same experience yet but like we're still wearing the same thing that gives us access to the same thing so yep. why don't we make the most of it exactly and so i i think i applauded you for doing it all on your own and just kind of yeah, like thank you really just charging in there truly but like same Me and like, my mini mic yeah against you're, the world right it's pretty much what it was at march madness <laughs> it was funny because in denver I was the only person there with the mini mic, but then I go to Louisville for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Regional. There's like four or five of you them. Started a trend. Just saying. Uh oh. People are catching on to the, all that Paying stuff. Attention. Well, Avery, I know we wanted to also touch on upcoming events. Yes. Before I forget, May 11th, 4 to 7, is our Women in Media Social. That'll be at Hill Varsity Club again, May 11th, 4 to 7. So come on out, just socialize, this hang is cool. out, drink, because eat. It's not just reporters. It's not just like yeah, women on TV. Anybody. Like if you work in sports, digital sports, news, sports, social sports, writing, like it doesn't even have to be sports. Right. True. But if you are in the field of media and you're a woman, like we are trying to create a little get together so we can just like get to know each other. We're all seeing each other at these events anyway. We might as well get to know each other, hang out. Yep. Um, Don't yeah. forget too that the gals that are still in college yes or totally for internships, yes totally like that. Yeah, so we if do you are internships here at heard at sports so yeah, we do. Well, yeah. that would be smart so we are literally across the board like if you if this if this is interesting to you and it sparks interest and it applies to you in some form of way yeah please show up this is not like a come meet and greet thing with us. No, like, no. We are just basically the people. You can ignore us the whole time if you would Literally, like, like, honestly. It's, but it's not but like don't. a herd at sports, like come panel thing. Like this is a get to know just people, hang out, yeah. hang out yep. watch some sports on TV, chit chat, figure out what we're all up Have to. Some good food and drink at the Hill yeah. Varsity Club. How it's we can legit. pioneer forward. But Absolutely. Well, May 11th, mark it. Yep. May 11th, four to seven. Definitely mark it down, please. We would love to see you there. Uh, more upcoming events, though, for us. I mean, there's so many things in the month of May. We won't go June. MIA this Oh, time. my gosh. No, we're going to do our best to do this every single week. Maybe even live every time. I, I love this. Uh, but one of the things coming up, obviously, we got the Husker game. We got the volleyball game and Memorial, which is amazing. 82,000 plus fans. Incredible. That's in the future a little bit yep. over in August. But uh, how cool is that to see that recently get sold out? Like, 82,000 plus. We're almost at a world record. Yeah, 91,000 is what Memorial will have to be to get that world record for the most attended women's game ever. Like, chills. Seriously. Absolutely amazing. Hats off to all four schools going and all four schools fans. We mentioned this out. real fast before. Yeah. The coolest part that I love about this is, yes, this is a Nebraska record. This is, like, something that they've created, and I love it. But, like, this benefits every program involved. Absolutely. And that's what really warms my heart. We're Omaha grads. But, like, 
these Nebraska girls aren't even going to know what to do with their mind. Like, they're going to lose their mind. But, like, Omaha is getting to play in this game. And, like, that's where Trev came from as well, right? And, like, he shared that a percentage of this revenue is going to go to each school. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a win for Nebraska volleyball in its entirety. And that's what really warms my heart is knowing, like, that we're coming together to do this. And, like, everyone collectively gets to hold this record Mm -hmm. no matter what name is on, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's at. So, we touched on that before, but like knowing that Trev was willing to be like, this is an important thing for everyone. Right. And like, we are going to help fund these other programs and like bring attention to them through this. Like it just helps women's sports. I love so it so much. I love it. And if we do break that world record, Nebraska, as in we, how cool, like having We're that name and knowing that know. you would be a part of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I, oh. well, before we get there, to August. Obviously, we have the College World Series. There's also the Pinnacle Bank Championship. We have the the NSA State Championships. I'll be on TV for those. Avery will be on the sidelines, whatever, covering, I mean, on the field Mm -hmm. for soccer and for baseball, uh, doing post-game interviews. I've got the Big East Baseball Championships in Mm -hmm. Ohio. I've never been to Ohio. If anyone has any Mason, Ohio recommendations, please let me know. She's there for a week. I will be trying Skyline Chili at least once. I didn't get it in Louisville, so I will be. I will take a video too because people hate it or people love it. You know, I heard a funny story this past weekend from other writers in the media room, and they were talking about like Kansas City barbecue, and they were like sitting right across from me. And this one guy was like, "I don't really want to wait in line for this forty-five minute place Q thirty-nine." And I was sitting there trying to wait to figure out like what he was going to say. And he's like, I think it's like this Q39. I go, oh, but it's so good though. And he goes, really? What'd you get? I go, oh, no, no, I'm from here. And he goes, oh, so like it's that good. And I was like, yeah. I mean, obviously he went to the other one. That's fine. Yeah. But then it led to the next conversation and someone was from Cincinnati and he was like, well, we have Skyline Chili, so no. whatever. And someone goes, you don't know Joe Burrow's first mistake in our city is that he basically came out publicly and was like, yeah, I've tried it. Don't like it. Oh, <laughs> you can't say that. You know, like if you're from Cincinnati, Skyline Chili is probably partially in your blood. They kind of scared of Skyline it. Chili so hard. But I will try it because, again, Avery, like you mentioned, I will be in Ohio for a week. But super excited because Big East Baseball Championships happening. And then the Big Ten ones will be in Omaha. Charles Schwab. Good old Charles Schwab. Not TD Ameritrade anymore. And then, of course, the College World Series. Avery, I know we are so excited for that. We'll have to touch a little bit more on that next episode because we are running out of there's time too much right now. There's, there's too, too many, much there's too many events uh, upcoming. But Avery... If you want to know where we went, here, now yeah, you Yeah, know. we went to the draft. We went pretty much all around the world. Denver, Louisville, everywhere. Uh, Avery, thank you so much for joining. Guys, thank you so much for watching. We love you. And tune in next time. Love you. <laughs>